I am super excited. And again, um, if you, uh, kids, if you need something to color on or something because you're just taking notes, um, I know that you second graders and third graders, you just got out of school, but you, you just still have an itch to write and to take notes. He's going to, Jonathan's going to have a lot of amazing things to share. So all you got to do is head back to the ushers. They're a bunch of scary people, but they would love to help you. And just tell them you need some paper, you need some crayons, and they would love to serve you. Uh, I just want to introduce Jonathan Radine Owens. And um, these guys are dear friends of mine. Now, they were part of the church here. They came about a year after we planted the church, right? Somewhere around there. A couple years after. And then they were the very first church plant to go out from City Harvest. They went to Quarter Lane, Idaho about 16 years ago and have been um, just pioneering a great church there, uh, have raised up a great team. and uh, But my history with them goes way beyond that, farther back than that. Um, when I was about 10 years old, Jonathan moved to the city and the church that I grew up in. Uh, as most of you guys know, my dad died when I was 10. And as a 10-year-old um, a and an early 11-year-old, what I was kind of brought into was there was this group of young adults that met and they had their own home group. And for some reason, I still don't exactly know why, but I was part of that young adult group as an 11 year old. Um, and we would go witnessing on Friday nights and Saturday nights. This is before they got married. And it was just this cool group of, of people that were passionate for Jesus. That is where I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jonathan prayed over me one night. They had um, you know, people that hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit raised their hand and prayed over me, um, got to go to their wedding as a kid, and uh, did a lot of trips. Uh, right before I turned 13, Jonathan Radine were asked to be the youth pastors, and one of our, our first trips is we did a ski trip, and we had this old Ford bus, and all of us kids got on the bus um, I'm a little intimidated. Uh, how many of you 13-year-olds remember what it's like the first, like, youth trip you go on? And you're, like, super excited, but you're also super nervous. And uh, so that was me. I'm sitting on the bus, and he gets on the bus. Now, you have to understand, he used to be a bodybuilder. So when, when I was 10 and he came to the church, he was so ripped. Can I use that? That he couldn't even bend down. His stomach was so muscular, he couldn't even bend down to tie his shoes. So he had to wear slip-ons. And we used to, as soon as Sunday school was over, we would race out of our Sunday school class to stand on the sidewalk and to see him come out of church. Because we were just like, you know, in church, you don't see that. Let's just be honest. Us church people aren't the best at taking care of our bodies. And so it was something of a miracle. So I was always intimidated by him. And then he also, he could wrap his testimony. And we don't got time for it. We'll bring him back another time. But he could wrap his entire testimony from childhood to Jesus coming and converting him and what took place there. Again, as a sheltered white boy, wrapping your testimony was just insane. But so he gets on the bus and he would call me Petey. And he's like, Petey, come on, you're coming with me. And so at first I was like, whoa, look at like how cool, like I'm getting called out. Like I'm getting called to the major leagues. I'm going to drive with him to this ski trip. We get in his uh, little Dodge Raider. And um, now there's usually two people, a lot of these things, you know, like the, uh, there's people that like cold air in the car and there's people that like hot air. How many cold air people are there? How many of you feel like it can never be warm enough and you crank the heat and you just like that hot air blowing on your nose the whole time? So I get in the car, and the brother starts cranking the heat. He's, it's his first trip, so he's really serious. He doesn't talk to me for four hours. Finally, to break the ice, I brought some salami and some Triscuits, and finally I open up my Triscuits, and I, like, I go, would you like a cracker? And that was like our only conversation. It was terrible. But... Jonathan, he used to wake me up, come by my house at 6 a.m. in the morning and pick me up and we would go pray. And he taught me how to pray, how to talk out loud and uh, to God. And we would just go into a room at the church and we would just pace and just talking and, and just crying out to God and, and, and waiting to, to hear from him. And it was something beautiful. And 
one of the things that both John Thradine have modeled to me more than any other person is a pure desire to do the Father's will. Absolutely to put aside all their personal needs, their personal desires, and to do the Father's will. And it is something that has shaped me, it's molded me, and I just want you guys to know, I just, regardless of what brought you in here today, regardless of what you even think right at this very moment about this idea of God and a Jesus that died on a cross, I want to ask that we all open up our minds and our hearts to hear what God might be saying to each one of us today as Jonathan shares. Will you just give Jonathan Dean a warm welcome and tell him how glad we are that they are here with us? Oh, can we, can we turn that to Jesus right now? Can we turn that to Jesus? Come on, let's give Jesus a big clap. Yeah, Jesus. I just asked Pete, so everyone knows, I just asked Pete to forgive me. That was a very sad trip. I'm so sorry. Hot, and I didn't talk for four hours. Wow. Wow. And I used to call him Petey Shweedwee. And so, yeah, yeah. Me and Radine, we are very, very honored to be with you today. Uh, I can't tell you. Like, we met with Pete and Tamar yesterday, and they were like, hey, thank you for sacrifice coming here. We're like, this is not a sacrifice. This is the house that we were sent out of. And we're extremely honored to be here. Had a great time Friday. Friday was my beautiful wife's birthday. And, and we can't drive 55. You know what I'm saying? We can't drive 55. You, you might catch that in a few minutes. This July, we'll be, have been married 32 years. And uh, yeah, really blessed of that. What's cool about that is for 30 years... Pastors Bob and Sue has been part of our life. The impact that they've had upon our life is unbelievable. We stand on their shoulders. Uh, we're a church plant out of here 16 years ago. And uh, if it wasn't for this church and Pastors Bob and Sue, I want to tell you right now, God uses man. Whether you like it or not, he has no one else. He uses man, and he's used them mightily in our life. He's our uh, apostle to the church. And over, I just said, I, I talked to our church administrator, I said, hey, would you let me know how many people have made decisions in this building? We, man, our first year, we were all over the place. It's like, if you can find us, please come and worship with us. We were all over in many facilities our first year, but now we've been blessed with almost five acres in Coeur d'Alene, got a beautiful facility. And I said, I said, Amber, would you let me know how many people have given their life to Christ at this church building since we've been here five years? And she says, yeah. She added it up. 3,276 people made decisions for Jesus. And I say that. I say that. We count people because every person counts. There's a book in the Bible called Numbers, right? You feeling me? Okay, so Pastor Bob and Sue and you have been part of all of that. We would not be there if it wasn't for City Harvest Church and Pastor Bob in our life. And so we're so blessed to be here. And then out of the 32 years, Pete has been in our life the whole time, even two years before that. Uh, the last 20 years, tomorrow, and we're getting to know their kids. They have a lot of beautiful kids that I've been away from them for 16 years. We're going to hang out a little bit today. And then let me show you just a quick connection. The way that I met Pastor Bob was we were sent out of gospel outreach to go to school of youth ministry by a guy named Keith Barrow. Well, that's Terry's dad, Pete's granddaddy, sent us, asked us to go to City Bible Church back in the day, Portland Bible, what was it called? Bible Temple back in the day. Pastor Bob Wendell Smith youth ministry, uh, school of youth ministry, and that's where we met Pastor Bob. Now, follow that. Keith Barrell, the oldest elder at the church, asked us to go. We go there. I meet Pastor Bob, and probably Pastor Bob and Sue met Pete through us. And just how God, what God does through relationships. And there's another guy here named Dave right there who led worship at our wedding. It's just unbelievable, and I see you over there, Pastor Bill. It's so wonderful to see you 
and Sandy. So many faces. I, I can't go over everyone today, but we're very thankful, honored to be here. Something big happened to us since a few years. We're grandparents. And if you're grandparents, I don't need to say nothing else. If you're not a grandparent, you understand that. Uh, one day, I, I got a picture of our family, if you don't mind putting that up, Gabby, I'd appreciate there. There's Seth and Makai and Jameson, my beautiful wife, and our daughter, Jamie, call her G, and Joe Joe, his name's James, uh, Joe, Jonesy Ray James, my, 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 grand, my uh, son-in-law, Topher. Well, my daughter right there just this week had a revealing party, and she's prego with baby boy twins. So we're, we're uh, crazy delighted. Um, we've been tremendously best blessed with our kids and our grandkids. Sometimes I talk to family. Sometimes I talk to singles, and I talk to the lost, and I talk to youth, and I talk to all different types of groups of people. Today, I'm specifically talking to daddies, husbands, young men, and old men. Today's Father's Day. I got to read something. This is a book that I got for Father's Day. It's really stinking cool. It's exceptionally bad dad jokes. I'm going to read one. Just, I'm just going to read. My wife got me this. I, I, love, I love to tell really bad jokes at Heart of the City Church. So, What happened when the two antennas got married? Well, the ceremony was kind of boring, but the reception was great. <laughs> I brought this Bible today because this is my grandson's Bible, Jameson. And I read it every day, and I write to Jameson every day. He's only nine months old, but I write to him, and then I have a chest that I want to put it in. I did this for our first grandson, Jonesy, went through his entire Bible, write and read in it every day. I want them to know who granddaddy was and my love for Jesus. I want them to know who Amma is, and I love to share that to give you ideas, daddies, some of the things that you can do to pass on our faith to our kids. I want you to do me a favor if you'll turn to Job 1, 1 through 5. If you don't have your Bible, that's absolutely okay. If you have it memorized. If you don't have it memorized, you should pack your Bible everywhere. E -e everywhere. I mean, you could put it on a phone. You could put it on so many things. You can have 22,000 different Bibles on your phone, so you should pack your phone with your Bible on. We're going to read Job 1, 1 through 5. We're going to just kind of go in and out of Job just for a few minutes. I want to share for a few minutes. We're going to receive communion together. If you're not used to me, hopefully you won't get offended at me. You'll stay in the room. And uh, you'll work through all my kind of strangeness. You'll, you'll, you, I'm like an AM radio. You'll just kind of tap into me in just a few minutes. Here we go. Job 1, 1 through 5. You there? If you're there, smile at me. Good, good, good. Everyone smile. At least smile. Fake it. There we go. Here we go. There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. The man was blameless, upright, who, one who feared God and shunned evil. And, the seven, and seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So look at this. He wasn't the best in the West, but he was the greatest in the East. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. And his sons would go and feast in the house, each on his own appointed days and send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning to offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus, Job did regularly. I want to read out of the message just 
the, the two scriptures, verses 4 and 5, out of the message. His sons used to take turns hosting parties in their homes, always inviting the three sisters to join them in their merrymaking. When the parties were over, Job would get up early in the morning, sacrifice a burnt offering, come on, daddies, and for each of his children thinking maybe one of them sinned by defying God inwardly, Job had made a habit of this sacrificial atonement just in case they had sinned. Holy Spirit, do what you always do. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, in this place. Holy Spirit, stand up inside of men today. We invite your presence to touch every life in here. I might be talking to men, but it's your word, and you know what you do with your word. You change lives. You anoint. Have your way now. Your will be done in Jesus' name. And everyone said, I want to talk to you about buff daddies. Some of you have heard of Sean Combs, puff daddy. I'm not here to call you out to be a puff daddy. I'm here to call daddies out to be buff daddies. Look at your neighbor right there and say, oh, are you a buff daddy? You got to tell a daddy right there. Are you a buff daddy? We're going to begin with looking at the order of Job's life. What manner of life Job lived according to the scriptures that we just read. What manner of life? What did Job value? Sometimes we can have a very sucky value system that we need to change in our life Job had an amazing value system, a, a way of order, order of life. And I want to just read that in just a minute. But it's so important that you know, buff daddies, you got to have your house in order. Do you know that God anoints houses? He wants to anoint your house. When you get your house in order, I think God will anoint your house. Our house is anointed. City Harvest Church right here is anointed. David's house was anointed. He feared God. He didn't fear man. He was a man after God's own heart. Saul's house was not so anointed because he feared man. And he was a man pleaser. If you look all the way through the scriptures, you'll see houses God anoints houses. He anoints houses. I would even say, thus says the Lord, listen to me right now. City Harvest Church, you are anointed. I thought the Lord spoke to me. This house is anointed as a house of legacy. Your house is going to touch the ends of the world. It's going to touch the states in America. It's going to touch the cities. Lives are going to be changed. People's going to come out of this place and they're going to go like darts throughout the states and throughout the world and they're going to leave a legacy wherever they go. Pastor Bob and Sue, their legacy is going to continue. One day when Peter tomorrow passes this, this place on, this house will continue. You know why? Because God called you a house of legacy. This is going, this house, listen to me right now. There's a great anointing upon this house to reach lost people. There's a great anointing upon this house to reach the poor and the down and out. There's a great anointing upon this house to plant churches throughout the United States and throughout the world, to touch the Muslims, to touch the Asians, to touch those, the untouchable. There is a anointing on this house. Somebody say this with me, my house. There's an anointing upon this house to change this world. God wants us each to have our houses in order, buff daddies. And I want you to see the order that Job had when it came to his values. Look back at verse 1 again. The first place of order is God. Is God number one in your life, daddy? Is Jesus Number one in your life. If we look at your bank account, is he number one? If I look at your Apple, your schedule, is he number one in your life? Look at Job. There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. And the man was blameless and upright and one who looked, feared God and shunned evil. Daddies, you are the spiritual leaders of your house. Daddies, you are the one, listen to me today, you're the one that sets the temperature 
in your home, your first love, your first seeking? Does your kids catch you praying? Does your kids catch you seeking God? Does your kids catch you in your devotions? Is Jesus number one in your heart and in your home? Because it was with Job. He had his house in order because, number one, he sought first God. Buff daddies seek God, number one. Buff daddies know God, number one. Do you know him? Daniel knew his God and did great exploits out of that relationship with God. Daddies, not just speaking it like this. I can tell you what a man values by watching him, not what comes out of his mouth. I, you can tell me all day, yeah, 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 J-O, Jesus is number one. But if I never see it, it's just not a true value. A man does what he values, and he values what he does. All I got to do is watch your manner of life, and Job's manner of life is that he, number one, sought God. Number two, verse two, and seven sons and three daughters were born to him. I think this shows the manner of life that he had. That second place under Jesus was his family. His family wasn't getting leftovers. His family wasn't getting the end of the days, just kind of, you know, dog food. But Job was very interested in his family. Buff daddies, do you have your house in order? Number three, look at number three right here. This is where we get all jacked up right here. We get this way out of place. What was number three? Look, he had all kinds of possessions thousands of sheep, thousands of camels, all that stuff. And that's all good, but it was third in his life. All the stuff was the work and the stuff was number three. Is work and stuff number three in your life? Only you can answer that. Ask your wife. Ask Holy Spirit number two. Who, who's Holy Spirit number two? Your wife. That's, that's Holy Spirit number two right there, yo. I'm going to tell you right there, she's she Holy Spirit number two. You better be listening to your wife. She'll tell you right now. It's like, hey, 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 you should listen to J.O. because your, your house is not in order. It's all jacked up, man. All you do is work and stuff. Cats in the cradle on the silver spoon. Little boy blue and a man in the moon. When you coming home, dad, I don't know when. We'll get together then, son. You know we'll have a good time then. It never happened. That whole song was about a dad and a son, and then the dad started, never came home, and then the son turned out to be just like his daddy. Do you have your house in order? What manner of life are you living, daddies? Let's look at buff for a minute. Why, why J.O. called his buff? Let's look at buff just for a minute. First of all, you got to get that one, two, three right. It's got to be God, family, and your stuff. Your kids don't care if you make a million, a tr billion, tr what? Social media, all that stuff you do, man, they want your time. You set that atmosphere, daddies, in your home with your wife and your children. You can change that today. Today. Let's look at Buff, whose name was Job, and the man was B, blameless. Say that with me, blameless. Not a big S, but a big B on your chest. Are you living a blameless life, daddies? What does blameless mean? It means innocent of wrongdoing. Oh, J.O., we all fall short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But are you resisting? The Bible says resist the devil and he must flee. Is there a resistance in your heart towards wrong? Is there a resistance in your heart towards sin? Is there a resistance? If there's not a resistance, you better, you better wake up. Something's wrong. My, my wife loves to say it this way. The best way you defeat the devil is stop sinning. Y'all be, I bind you, devil, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll bind him all day long. But the best thing you can do is stop sinning. Come on. Are you blameless? It's never too late to walk 
J.O., I can't change. I've been this way all my, I've been stuck in this addiction all my life. I just can't, I can't stop cussing. I can't stop. Yeah, you can change. The power of God inside, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You can change. Let Jesus stand up inside of you. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know what the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God is for your life. Man, I'm changed. My life is different, and it's terrific. Nothing scientific. All things have passed away. Everything is new. I don't like to do the things I used to do. But I'm, I'm transformed. Man, just like a go-bop, but this ain't no cartoon, and I'm not a robot. I'm like a caterpillar who crawled into a cocoon, and before your eyes came out a butterfly, I'm transformed. God, it doesn't matter how long or old you are, he can transform you. What's that word transform me? Metamorphosis. He wants to do a metamorphosis inside of your life, Daddy. He wants to change you. Don't, don't be a maggot any longer. Don't be a little tadpole any longer. Come on. He wants you to. Butterfly, baby, butterfly, 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 baby, butterfly. Buff daddies are butterflies. Are you feeling me? Somebody said no. That's all right. You started it, you can stop it. It's never, never too late to change. 40, I'm 57, I still want to change. You, see, you know what I see about Pastor Bob? Pastor Bob, he's... he's 10 years older than me all the time. All the, 10 years older than me all the time. All the time. Church here is older than our church. Whatever he's gone through, whatever I go through, I know that he's been through it, right? 10 years older. If I'm 47, he's 57. If I'm 57, I can tell you right now, I prophesy with my eyes open, he's 67. Why you say that, J.O.? Because I've seen him grow all of his life. It's never too, you're never too old to change. Listen to what, what God told Abram. Listen to me real good. Genesis 71. Abram was 99. Anybody 99 in here? See, you ain't too old. He was 99 years old. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me blameless. It's not too late. Blameless, it means truth without blemish, integrity, perfect, full, sound. Joe, I just can't do it. At least, at least don't put the bar down here, man. Put the bar up here. Jump for it. Go for it. Your family needs buff daddies. Timothy said this, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed. Say that with me, strayed. That word is seduced. So many things seduce the men of our society, seduced stuff, social media, politics, news, seduced. From the faith and their greediness and peers themselves through many sorrows. Listen to what, listen to what, listen to what God tells Job in verse 3 of chapter 2. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, none like him on the earth, none like him on the, on the earth. A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil and still holds fast to his integrity Although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. You incited me against him to destroy him without cause. Job went through hell and high water. And yet, you know what he did? He stayed blameless. He kept his integrity. God calls us to be buff daddies. Not even, listen, not even bud daddies. I run into daddies all the time that are bud daddies. They buds with their children. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm for real. They buds. Hang out in the, in, the, in, in, in the garage smoking weed, slamming meth, doing drugs, bud daddies. Hey, 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 daddy, God doesn't call you to be a bud. He calls you to be a daddy, a father. <laughs> 
a leader, an atmosphere maker, changer in your house. This is what it was said about David. David was a buff daddy. Psalm 78, 72. This is a great leadership scripture, but it's also for daddies. It says, so he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart. Integrity, I love that word. It's like a numeric word. It's like whole. You're not half-baked. You're not walking around kind of sketched. You're integrous. You're whole. God needs whole daddies. He guided them by the skillfulness of of his hands, integrity of the heart, and skillfulness of his hand. I want to let you know, daddies, the first people you shepherd is your family. And you do it with the integrity of your heart and the skill of your head. Well, I'm not skilled, J.O. I'm not skilled. Daddies, look at me. Get skilled. You get everything else. Walk with people who are skilled and integrous. Walk with wise men so that you can be the buff daddy of your house. Like, let me give you the opposite of integrity. Samson, you're a Nazarene. Nazarite. Don't you drink no wine. Don't you cut your hair. And don't you touch the dead. That's, what, that's all you had to do. You know what Samson did? They found him in a vineyard. <laughs> and he didn't tell his mama. What's he doing in the vineyard? I don't know why he's there, but guess who attacked? When you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, bad stuff can happen to you daddies. And what's attacking him? A lion. He kills a lion with his bare hand. He's got the strength, baby, but he doesn't have the integrity. Before you know it, he's back in the vineyard eating honey out of the, the dead lion. He's touching the dead. He's in the vineyard, and before you know it, he's seduced by a lady, and she has his hair cut. Bam, bam, bam. He may have been a judge. He may have been strong, but he was not integrous. He was not blameless. Let's look at the next one real quick. You, everyone say you, be you. Boo, 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 ba, ba. Say that with me, ba, ba. Uh, that ball-headed dude is so strange. You got to stay with me. Just stay with me. But say that with me again, ba, ba. Be blameless. You, listen to this, it's beautiful, upright. He was blameless, and he was upright. Upright means strictly honest and honor. Strictly honest and honor. Daddies, you know what you got to quit doing? Quit lying. Don't lie. J.O., you calling me a liar? I would never call you a liar unless you're lying. And if you're lying, you're a liar. And you need to quit lying. You need to be upright. And honor. Honor is one of the most greatest things that you can do. Honor your wife. Honor your boss. Honor your pastor. Honor. How do you honor someone? Whatever's important to them, you make it important to you. If my wife wants to drink some tea and she's like, hey, let's go by and get some tea through this shop here. Or if she wants to go walking in the park, we're going on a hike or whatever she wants to do. You know how I honor her? Yes, let's do it. Come on. Now, sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I might whine a little bit, but I'm going to honor her. Come on. We're upright. We're honest and we're honorable men. Pastor asks you to do something. You know what you should do? You know, one thing that the, the Bible calls is our soldiers. You, yes, sir, I'll do that. Are you kidding me? No, that's honor. Say that with me, honor. He was an upright dude. He was B, blameless. He was upright. I want to just, just listen to this. Psalms 15, 2. Who's going to do to go into the heavens. Who's going to arrive into the heavens? It goes this in verse 2. He who walks uprightly, who works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. Honor, lead your daddies. Lead your life with honor. Lead your life with absolute honesty. 
And the last one, B-U-F, fear God. Say that with me, fear God. Hey, it's, so, it's okay to fear God. It's okay to fear the almighty, all-powerful, alpha, and the omega. He's all-knowing all God, everywhere God, creator God, made the heavens, painted the sky. It's okay to fear God because when you fear God, all the other little fears just diminish. But so many men deal with a spirit of fear. For I didn't give you a spirit of fear. What's a fear? Fear is a spirit. It's not from God. I didn't give you a spirit of fear. I gave you a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. But so many men deal with fear. Fear of man. Fear of the future. I want to tell you, you know what the problem is? You know the real issue with fear is two roots. One is death, and the other one is this. You care too much about yourself. I had to get over it with public speaking. It's like, I don't really care if you like me or not. I'm getting on an airplane tonight. If I make a mess here, you can talk to Pastor Pete. I make a mess every weekend at Heart of the City Church. It's all good because I'm just not going to be bound in the spirit of fear and fear man. I'm going to fear God. I want to be a buff daddy. Man, I want to be blameless, upright, honest honorable, and I want to walk fearless. The big problem between Saul and David was just that. Saul was almost a man after God's own heart, almost. But he cared way too much about himself. He feared man, and he did not fear God. And David was just the absolute opposite. In the movie Top Gun, the new Top Gun, I'm not telling you to watch it. Don't call me and say, I didn't like that. They cussing that. You don't have to watch it. I'm just telling you something that was said in the movie. Something was said in the movie. The guy's name's Maverick. You know, Tom, Tom Cruise, yes. And they pull him aside. Iceman is now the admiral. They're old, kind of like me. And he says, the Navy whispers to him. The admiral, Iceman's dying. He says, the it. The Navy needs Maverick. Top Gun needs Maverick. What was he saying? We don't need just another teacher. We need old school Maverick who's going to make a difference. In the church, in your home, we need fathers. We need fathers. There's, there's a lot of teachers out there, but you need to be a father. You need to be a buff daddy. Your house needs to be in order by a buff daddy. Your city needs a buff daddy. Our society needs buff daddies. Come on. Our nation needs, like never before, buff daddies. I'm excited today because I'm here preaching, and you know who's preaching at Heart of the City Church? Our son. And he's preaching on being a spiritual father. And he's not crazy like me. He would not be a lunatic up here. He's bald-headed like me with a big beard, but he is way, he's like getting his master's degree. And he talks civilized. And he's intellectual and all that. That's just not me. But I love to listen to him. But I'm so proud of him. So proud of my kids. Because they're buff kids. blameless, upright, and they fear God. Are you a buff daddy today? And then it goes on to say this. Let me, I'm almost finished. Shun evil. Say that with me, shun evil. Very interesting definition. It means to turn off. You need to turn off your selfishness. Shun, he shunned evil. Blameless, upright, feared God, one who shunned evil. He turned it off. You need to turn off the porn. Oh, J.O. Got quiet in this place. Killing families, marriage. You need to turn off the selfishness. You need to turn off the flesh. You need to turn off the sin of your life. Turn it off. Turn it off. He shunned 
evil. Buff daddies shun evil. You say, J.O., there's no one that lives perfect. I agree with you. Pastor Bob just did emotional health conference at our church. It was off the stinking hook, man. You learn that everyone, no one's perfect. But I tell you what, you need to be nervous if there's no resistance inside of you. Resist the devil and he must flee. Let me show you this. Job was extremely successful. I'm excited for any in this, anybody in this room that's extremely successful. God bless you. Make a million, make a trillion. If you make a lot of millions and you need to get one of them, just remember this bald-headed dude right here. I would be so blessed. I would be super blessed. He was extremely successful. But what really caught my attention was not so much of his success. It's, it's what he did with his kids that impressed me. What he did, his kids would party. What would Job do? He would sanctify them. He would rise early. He would offer burnt offerings. He would intercede for his kids. Job sanctified them, burnt offerings, and he did it regularly. And he had a habit about it. Daddies, come on, man. Are you praying for your kids and your family? Are you real? Do you? You're passionate about business. Are you passionate about the ministry of your family? One thing that gives me spiritual, uh, like, hives, like poison oak hives, is daddies who are apathetic. Well, just whatever will be, will be. Just whatever, you know, whatever my kids do, whatever. Man, you need to get your head out the sand, man. There's a reason that God called you to be the head of the house. And I'm not trying to be all redneck and all that. My wife knows she walked right beside me. We always been partners. But he calls you to be a leader. Are you feeling me today? Are you, are you feeling me? Making, t- man, making memories with your kids. I remember whenever, I don't got time to go into this, but we did uh, 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 our uh, rites of passage with our son when he was about 12 or 13. It was amazing. Daddy-daughter dances. Radine still does a lot of things with our grown kids, and I do the same thing. Just the other day. No, it's been about a year and a half ago. Time flies. But I said, I said, Seth, what if, what if, what if, what if, hey, will you take care of the technology if daddy, if we try to be on Family Feud? Would you take care of all the technology? I don't do the technology. Would you try to do the technology thing? And let's, let's, he says, yeah, daddy, I'll do the technology thing. So we get out on the beach, and we act like we're on Family Feud. And the question is, what would you hate to happen on your honeymoon night? And my son-in-law, Topher, is Steve Harvey, and there's five of us, and I'm the number one. I'm, I'm kind of the coach. And I said, what, what would you hate to happen on your honeymoon night? I said, diarrhea. <laughs> and it was there. I mean, it was there for us. Clean, right? And so we go through this whole process. We sign our life away on contracts. Wow. Wonderful. And then we ended up on Family Feud. It was the funnest, one of the funnest family things we've ever done in our entire life. We, Steve Harvey, I, I just think he's my friend now. We were preaching at each other on the, on the stage. I mean, he's just my buddy. But, sweetheart, did we have a, I don't think I've laughed that much in two decades. But we make family memories. And they, everybody in my family knows that I'm the family feud guy, and I get all blamed for that. Buff daddies. Let's see how you did today. What's B? Don't you look at your notes. Don't you look at, look at your stinking notes. If it's not in your heart, you're never going to do it. You're never going to do it. Don't you look at your notes. B. Blameless. Pursue that. Like my electrician man, brother says, he said, this, this is electrician talk. Junior high, this is electrician talk. He said, you need to get your poop in a group. Daddies, blameless. What's you? Oh, come on, go with me, man. Go with me. Don't be all apathetic with me this morning. What's, what's you? Upright, honorable, honesty. 
What's F? Fear God. Come on. Come on, daddies. Come on, daddies. Would everybody just take a moment, bow your head, right where you are, right where you are. Bow your head, close your eyes just for a minute. Bow your head, close your eyes. I got a question to ask you. Coming here today, I felt like there's people in this room right now. I'm talking to everyone, not just daddies. There's people in this room that are drowning, drowning. It's like you jumped out of the water, into the water out of the boat, and you cannot swim, and you are drowning. But Jesus is called the Savior. He comes, and he throws the rescue ring, and he saves our life. The Bible says today is a day of salvation. He wants to save you. All you need to do is grab the ring. Come on. He's there for you. Jesus has done all the heavy lifting for every person in this room. He took on your sin. Come on, somebody. He took on your sin, and he also died for you, defeating death and sin. And the Bible says, if you believe that, if you will declare him as Lord of your life, you will be saved. Are you saved today? Do you know him? Are you born again? Have you walked away from him? Are you living a prodigal life? You can come to church every weekend and be a lost coin in the home. Do you know Jesus? I'm talking about really know him. Are you in a relationship with him today? And if you're not, I want to pray for you right now, this very moment. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed, and I'm looking. And if you need to get right with Jesus today, I just want you to do this. I want you to just right where you are, stick up your right hand right there, right where you are, and just say, hey, J.O., that's me. I really need to get right with Jesus today. Would you do that? Just stick it up real high so I can see you. Is there anybody? Anybody here? God bless. Keep it up so I can see you. Oh, I I see you. God bless you, ma'am. You can put your hand down. God bless you. Anyone else? need to be born again. need to come in a relationship with Jesus. Anybody else? Anyone else? I want you to pray with me, ma'am, and anyone else in this situation. Jesus did the heavy lifting. He calls us to believe. If you believe and receive, the Bible says you'll be a child of God. Pray with me right now. Say this with me, Jesus. If you're church, come on, pray with me. Church, help somebody beside you. Say this with me, Jesus. I'm in desperate need of you. I'm a sinner, and I've broken your hearts and your law, and I ask you, Jesus, to please forgive me. Today, I declare you Lord of my life. I receive your forgiveness and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, man. God bless you. Anybody else that said that, I encourage you to talk to Pastor Pete or one of the other leaders. Number two, if you're a dad here and you're like, J.O., I desire to be a buff dad. All I want you to do is just stand up wherever you are. You're just saying, I want to be a buff dad. I just want to pray over you today. And don't get apathetic with me right now this very moment, okay? Just, I want to be a buff dad. Blameless, upright, fear God. Shun evil. Let me just pray for you. Would you put your hand on your heart right there? Say say this with me. I want to be a buff daddy. Yeah, buff daddy. Father, I thank you for every one of these men. I thank you that you take us from glory to glory. I thank you that you stand up inside of them right now. Jesus, power the Holy Spirit. Stand up in each one of them, God, to be the men and the leader. The man of God. Son. The buff daddy. Lord, I just pray over each one of them. God, your grace. Your love. The grace to change. God, they'd have a hunger for you like never before in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. Right now, we're going to receive communion. I've been honored. Yeah, God bless you. That's a good, that's a good place to cap, clap right there, buff daddies. We're going to receive communion together right now. The ushers are passing it out, or do you already have it? No, they're passing it out. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. The series is called At the Table. 
And I want to talk to you just a moment about communion and at the table. While they're passing it out, I need you to do me a good favor and give me your best ear. Would you do that with me? Would you give me your best ear? Everyone say, remember. Say it with me again, remember. One more time, remember. I'm going to talk to you about remember here just for a moment. If my arm, right now my arm looks good on my body, doesn't it? Right? But if I dismember my arm, put it over in that corner, that would be a little weird, wouldn't it? What if I cut my finger off and went in there and stuck it in the administrator's office or desk? That'd be kind of strange, wouldn't it? Somebody say dismember. All of a sudden, about five days, the administrator's office is all stinky. Because it's not connected to my body. And during COVID, the enemy has used COVID to listen to me real good. Dismember. The enemy will use anything to separate you. And if you're online right now, I'm so thankful that you're online. I want you to listen to me also. Vaccines have tried to dismember and separate people. Masks have tried to dismember and separate people. I want to challenge you today with communion to listen to me real good to remember. Get connected back into the body of Christ. He's the head. It doesn't matter if you're an elbow or if you're a toe. Don't stay dismembered any longer. Don't use an excuse to stay dismembered from the body of Christ. You look a lot better when you're in the body of Christ. When you are remembered, the, the heart is on, the, 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 the foot is on, the, the, the leg is on, the, the hand is on, the arm is on. And the body of Christ is looking beautiful, united together. Everyone say, remember. From whom the whole body, joined and knitted together by which every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying itself. When you are remembered, you impact everybody in this room. Refuse to be dismembered any longer. Jesus died, beat to death to a pulp, tortured for you to be a member. And I want you to do this right now. Just take, take the body, break it. He was broken for you, so you don't have to be dismembered any longer. Would you take the body with me right now? The blood that was poured out so that we can walk as buff daddies. You can walk as a buff daddy. Because of what he did, you can walk blameless, upright, and in the fear of God. Would you take communion, the body, the blood with me, please? God bless you.